What if you could simply trust all information on the internet? My name is Sebastian and I'm on the mission to build a trusted web for all of us on planet Earth. An internet where my parents, possibly my future kids and my own generation can find truth and feel safe. Because to save the world, we need to fix the internet. And in the Trusted Web podcast, I embark on a journey with you, my listener and thought leaders, to explore what needs to get done. In this episode, I'm joined by Christophe Deloire. Christophe ran one of the leading French journalism schools, the CFJ, from 2008 to 2012. And he was an investigative reporter for the politics and society sections of the uh, French news magazine Le Poix from 1998 to 2007. Since 2012, Christophe has been the secretary general and the executive director of Reporters uh, Without Borders, RSF. Founded in 1985, Reporters Without Borders became one of the world's leading NGOs in the defense and promotion of freedom of information. RSF is a Paris-based NGO with consultative status at the United Nations, UNESCO, the Council of Europe, and the International Organization of the Francophonie, OIF. Christophe, tuning in from France, Europe, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. What an impressive track record. And to uh, set a backdrop for the conversation, what's the state of fake news today? And how did you see a change over the last 12 years? I'm not totally a specialist of fake news, but way, what I can say is that there are new symptoms of something which are causes. And, and I'm working more on causes, but starting from this, what are the new symptoms? Spread of hate speech, of extremist contents, circulation of false news and information for rumors, etc. But these are new phenomena, uh, phenomena uh, new symptoms, or sometimes those symptoms already existed because of course, state propaganda, false news and information, lies are not new. What is new is that they are amplified. And what is new is that in the history of, the, in the history of democracies, Safeguards, guarantees were built to promote pluralism, to promote trustworthiness of news and information, to avoid that hate speech takes to higher importance. And those safeguards were just eliminated or, or swept away by the internet, by, by the web. Uh, why? Because for the first time in history, on digital platforms, on social networks, different types of content are in direct competition. State propaganda, advertising, sponsored contents with vested interests, journalism, remorse, just expression of aid, etc. Everything is in direct competition. And bad money drives out good money. That's the same for news and information. Bad content drive out good content. And, and there is uh, not only a direct competition, but an unfair competition because false news and information have, have a potential of virality which is much higher than 
contents which are verified, which are, which are verified, tolerant, etc. So the question in front of us, and this is really a work for a generation probably, is how to rebuild a public space with um, democratic guarantees. Just these guarantees were established in our democracies through constitutional guarantees, media laws, which are invisible for the public, but with many virtues. Um, also a, a regulation of, of um, the about the limits of freedom of expression, complying with the international law. And also uh, journalism ethics. And this system was never perfect. Of course, there were a lot of things that didn't work well, but it had many advantages and, and this advantage that it helped to secure or at least to promote a minimum level of trustworthiness of news and information and pluralism. Obviously, fake news is not the only thing you focus on, but in the RSF, there's specifically an initiative to fight or at least to fight for trust in journalism. What made you decide to start that one? Uh, in fact, we launched two initiatives, but why um, did we launch structural and global initiatives? Because we as Reporters Without Borders, RSF, we do defend journalists uh, who embody the essence of journalism, uh, um, good journalism, with a lot of courage, confronted to despotic regimes, etc. And uh, we do this uh, with many strategies and tactics, but uh, we consider that uh, we can do this as much as we can, spend all our energy, but if the rules of the game are against journalism, the guys we defend or even journalism will lose. And, and we will have probably not lost our time, but, but we will lose the game at the end. And, and so that's why we, um, we decided to launch um, the Journalism Trust Initiative and the Initiative on Information Democracy at two different levels. To, I, I will try to be simple. At the macro level, at the level of, of the organization of the public space, we launched the um, International Initiative on Information Democracy, which consists in saying that, in fact, nowadays, the guys who pass the laws of the public space, who uh, establish the norms, are not anymore parliamentaries, parliament members, but Mark Zuckerberg and on the other side, Xi Jinping. They pass the laws, they decide uh, um, the rules of, 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 of the game with no control. So we said we have to, to define uh, what should be the democratic principles of the global information and communication space, and then find ways to um, uh, enter into details. That's how we launched a commission on information democracy composed by 25 prominent figures from all over the world. Um, 18 nationalities, and they, they, uh, we drafted um, a declaration on information democracy. It was supported by many governments. It was uh, part of the agenda of the G7 in, in 2019. It was then in the UN uh, General Assembly in 2019, we got the signature of a partnership on information democracy, which is inspired by our principles and then created a forum as an implementing body. And then we made recommendations 
So this is all about the regulation of the public space. So now the regulation of platforms, of social networks. And on the micro level, um, we uh, launched the Journalism Trust Initiative because you can say at the macro level that there is a need for promotion, for, for mechanisms uh, about the promotion of trustworthiness of news and information. The question is how to do this. And we can impose a principle to platforms, but how should they do? And it's not easy. For the moment, platforms are looking for uh, systems to promote, like during the COVID-19 crisis, uh, epidemics, institutional information. But institutional doesn't really mean trustworthy. We cannot be satisfied by this. Or uh, they are looking for technological signals into contents so that to say what is true, what is not. We can we could speak about this longer, but this is really worrying. What we decide, what we launched is that we said that in fact journalism, good journalism, is composed by rights and duties. And duties were established in, in the history through prof professionalization of journalism, journalistic methods, and development of the ethics of journalism, journalist ethics. And so, with um, more than one hundred stakeholders from all over the world, important news agencies, AP, AFP, uh, DPA in Germany, etc., with uh, unions in Taiwan, in South Korea, with uh, technological companies, with etc., with The Guardian, with BBC, with others, we developed a standard, uh, the Journalism Trust Initiative standard, under the aegis of the European Standardization Committee, which is now a, a long document uh, which was uh, published in December 2019, which is a reference of what are basic processes for journalism in newsrooms about editor independence, methods six, transparency, etc. And based on this now, we are in the process of building a system uh, to verify the compliance of media outlets, entities with this reference through uh, self-assessment and also uh, the use of the certification market and it will allow and we started to do this um, to like um, get some incentives for the media outlets which respect those principles uh, where could be those incentives first algorithmic indexation we need an integrity factor in the indexation for the moment there is not such uh, a factor GTI can be this. Um, we, on on the, um, uh, Facebook and Google uh, finally decided to take part to the project. And, and uh, we consider that they will be able to use this from next April. Second, uh, advertisers. Uh, for sure, advertisers also need to, to know uh, to whom they, they give their money and, and, and to have also some criteria, but also donors, but also regulatory bodies, etc. And so, um, what we want to be is, is what we built is a sort of matrix that will be useful to create distinction. I mean, to distinguish what can be considered as, as journalism, worthy of this name, um, positively, not negatively. And for those who are able to prove it, basic on, on neutral principles, there is no um, bias, uh, no political bias, no, no, no bias regarding the editorial lines, etc. To, to provide them with some incentives. And, and with two K 
key um, assets at the end. First, uh, help the sustainability of those who comply with the principles, basic principles, and second, for those who don't, do not comply, inside them to comply. We want to try to change a game through something which will not necessarily be very visible for the public, but which will be a bit structural. And, and, um, and this is perfectly legitimate because, because in our all our democratic countries, the media outlets, and everybody can criticize, make criticize the media outlets, of course, but they have basic principles that, that they have to comply with. And, and it doesn't mean that everything is true. It doesn't mean that there is no bias. It doesn't mean that sometimes there is no corruption. Of course, the world is not perfect, and even the world of media, but it gives some guarantees and, and um, it helps to, to, yes, to promote the good. And what does that look like? Is it mainly, uh, is it a kind of a score and is it on a per article uh, base or is it on a news outlet base? No, so it's not a score. In fact, you have two, two types of, of information that are um, deliverables. First, are you certified or, or, certified or not? And, and we, 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 we start this certification process with, with um, uh, uh, our reporters of borders, RSF, I didn't say it, but is not the one who decided the standard. We just launched the process and, and we managed the process, but it was a collective work. We are not the ones who certify. We, we couldn't do, it, uh, do this and are not legitimate to do this. So um, it will be open for the certification market. And, and we started to, to, to work with, to, 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 there are companies that are interested in, in um, creating this market. Um, so, uh, but the result at the end is, are you certified or not? But also, there are almost um, more than 100 criteria, or, or, or around 200, um, for um, decision makers. I mean, even for platforms, because they make decisions on, on the moderation of the content um, or indexation of the content. Uh, we will provide them with answers to um, all the criteria. And so they will be able to play with this. Of course, the world is not just uh, uh, gray or, or white. Uh, uh, it's about also having uh, information which is uh, more in detail. Can you zoom in a bit on the thing you said, working together with Facebook? Is it a labeling of information like this one is approved and this one isn't? Or what does that look like? And is that on a global level? Facebook or Google or others will have access to 200 pieces of information regarding one media. And, and so uh, they will also be able to, 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 um, to consider that some criteria are more important than others. So it's, it's but it will help to, what, what we need is, is not, of course, we are in a world where every power, be a religious, political, private company, an NGO, everybody, can make its own propaganda about itself. And, and I, we can all, all powers or actors can have a direct access and, and to, to their public. What we do through this system is that regarding the processes, the internal processes, there is a trusted third party that verifies that your processes comply with uh, an ideal, with, with a reference, which is a JTI um, standard. 
And the standard is, uh, has been made public. It's absolutely public. Uh, uh, you are, uh, uh, for everybody, it can see uh, how it is structured, can criticize, but can also see that there is no political bias at all and, and no reduction of pluralism at all. But um, because sometimes the, the, the idea of certification or labeling, labelization, etc., can be very worrying. But just everybody has to be conscious that we, we need um, distinction based on principles. Otherwise, we have distinction based on power. And the most powerful wins at the end. The guy or the entities that have the biggest amount of money to, 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 to pay the platforms for, can be higher or you can. Uh, corrupt or sponsor contents, etc. This is today a, a system where really, um, which is not democratic, where just the most powerful guy has a, the biggest influence. Or, or so, uh, or, or there is no advantage to be honest, etc. Um, there should be an advantage to be to be honest. Uh, when I say to be honest, it's not um, about uh, religious principles. It's, it's about preventing. Conflicts of interest. This is basic for democracy. This, this, this is basic for, for public debate, etc. How willing are both the big tech parties and secondly uh, all the 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 UNESCO and, and the parties you're advising? How are collaborative and for the, the two things? So one, the UNESCO and the government, and secondly, the big tech, how collaborative are they in uh, implementing the vision you have for uh, more trust and democracy and information? Uh, in fact, regarding the Information Democracy Initiative, we, we succeeded to, to gather 42 um, governments now, uh, which endorsed uh, it, and we want to move forward. And, and by the way, uh, I can say, because it was officially announced last week, that uh, there will be a summit on information democracy during the next uh, UN General Assembly on this initiative, uh, which will be very important. And, and, and we convinced media outlets, uh, uh, platforms in the second one, the Journalism Trust Initiative, which is a self-regulation initiative. But in both cases, what do we say to governments? To governments, we say, when these new uh, symptoms appeared, this amplification, uh, you, your parliaments reacted through uh, the establishment of new um, uh, content regulation. And content regulation is legitimate, but it's very difficult. And it's not absolutely adapted to what happens. So we said we have a better idea. Instead of uh, regulating the content, which is also dangerous very often and, and can be used just to control the content in many countries, not, not in the best democracies, but in many countries, um, you should uh, have more sort of market regulation. Your regulation is about the sort of meta-regulation where your regulation is the regulation of those who now regulate platforms. Regarding the second one, at the, at the beginning, platforms were really reluctant because platforms do not want anybody to interfere in their indexation. They are like a church. No interference is in my dogma. So what we said is, first, you are in danger because you are creating uh, uh, the many positive aspects in your activities, but there are also very negative aspects. And you put democracies in danger. 
So people will be more and more nervous about this. Second, we will provide you uh, with a solution because first you want to preempt bad legislation. We can help you to do this. And second, you say that you are working about um, uh, establishing uh, or using uh, uh, technological signals that you get from content, but it will not function. You cannot say there are 12 sources in, our, in an article. It's an evidence that it's more true with, with just two sources because the 12 sources can be absolutely crazy, etc. So um, to consider that you can judge or assess the quality of a content just by looking into the content, it's not true. You, you, if you are not in Baghdad or if you are not in a place where, where you, you cannot judge. Of course, um, uh, if there are op open uh, uh, sources with the technology you can assess, but very, op very often just you were not attending even through cameras event. So what we consider is that we should work about processes, not the content itself. And of course, uh, you could consider that sometimes good processes can lead to, to bad products. You can have good processes to, to produce a chocolate and the chocolate doesn't taste good. For sure, it can happen. But, but uh, journalism is a process, a process of, of collecting, dealing with, and, and, and circulating information. And, and, uh, and this is the best option if you do not want just to, to take judgments about content, which is very dangerous, because you can easily orient. Uh, Having process, uh, um, establishing processes that are just uh, uh, complied with, with basic principles about verification, correction if there is a mistake, etc. It's it's only positive, and, and it's transparent. Uh, everybody can see it. And the transparency, uh, one of the things we fight for as a movement is through blockchain timestamps. We make transparency verifiable, how did information change over time? Is there a role for technology to, for example, embed transparency as a base protocol? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, blockchain um, will be more and more important about uh, um, establishing the, the, sorry for my poor English, but the authenticity of the content or traceability of the content, which in, uh, uh, traceability is not enough in itself because you, you can have an authentic document which states something untrue, but you can also have a, a, a non-authentic document and it's a problem in itself. So, of course, blockchain uh, will have an important role to play in this. Uh, not enough, it will not solve everything, uh, uh, nothing will solve everything, but it will be part of the solution. And that, that, that's the two things you can do with blockchain is transparency and accountability with the sender. But true or not is, of course, as you, uh, as you, as you context matters, uh, opinion matters, there's so much more to that. But the technology, at least for transparency and accountability, is a great thing. Lastly, what's the state of Europe? And will Europe lead by example in trust on the internet? What's your, what's your take on that? We do believe that we have in any case to create a sort of model uh, which is not uh, the Chinese model, no need to explain why, but which is also not the Silicon Valley model, model which can be 
very dangerous in, in many regards too. Not that's not the same. I should I do not compare, but this is not the perfect model. And, and we have, I think, we we have to find ways where there is a good balance and and um, and, and uh, between regulation, self-regulation, and of course uh, total freedom. Um, and and that's um, something that we have to to imagine now or to, to create now even because in fact the basic uh, uh, legal principles that were used in the past to secure pluralism to secure there is such a change of paradigm that those principles uh, are not enough today what do we do with uh, private messaging systems when now you can circulate or, or spread information to people, millions of people, that's not the same as writing a letter. So it's also like a, a public space or it's a mixed space. What do we do with this? The Forum on Information Democracy made a lot of recommendations on this. What do we do with um, uh, personal assistance when you have an answer which is a unique answer? Uh, what is the weather today? It's easy, but on, on many other questions, it's, it's not so easy. You you have now a unique answer. You don't do not know if your neighbor has the same gets the same answer. You do not know how this answer was produced, uh, if you are manipulated or not, etc. So, do we consider that Google, Facebook, and others, uh, Apple, are just free to do what they want to do? Do, do we accept that those big companies have uh, the power of governments and the rights of human beings? I guess uh, the answer uh, is in the question. <laughs> and will Europe lead by example? Is that your... Ah, yes, sorry. And yes, for, for sure. Uh, will Europe do this? I'm not sure, unfortunately, but I think that Europe should do this. And, and, and as, as really... Um, is well positioned to do this, but it needs really a political courage uh, in front of platforms. And, and um, I have to say that regarding the first version of the Digital Services Act, the DSA, there are for sure positive steps, but we were also a bit frustrated. I can imagine. Last one on LinkedIn, it says, I implement my dreams. And I learned during this conversation that you really have a clear vision on where, where, it should, where this industry should go and what journalism should look like. Your prediction, 2030, the state of trust on the internet. When we published the World Press Freedom Index last year as a report of the borders, we said that this decade we are entering into will be a decisive decade for journalism because of the crisis, geopolitical crisis, democratic crisis, crisis of trust, economic crisis, technological crisis. But something is sure, there is a destruction of journalism. But societies, individuals, democracies need trusted third parties in the debate. And I'm deeply convinced that, um, of course, journalists are not the only uh, trusted third parties. Sometimes they do not behave as such, but this social function is crucial. This social function, which is the one of journalism, and, and journalists are, are more and more, or should be, or this is a role they have to play to be trusted third parties. And to be this, 
they have to be to have the capacity to do this due to 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 uh, their freedom, independence, etc., to their rights, but also to their duties, and it's of course as important as the rights. But that's what journalism is. Wow. Thanks for sharing your insights. Lassie, where can people find your important work, the important work you do? On the Reporters Without Borders RSF website, on the Information and Democracy Forum website, uh, and on the Journalism Trust Initiative website, three websites. Let's build the trusted web together. That was Christophe Deloire sharing his insights from his extensive career in journalism and media and uh, the trust initiatives they run, both in Europe and globally. All the links he mentioned are uh, added to the show notes, and I'd love to invite you to go to thetrustedweb.org/podcast. There you'll find not only the show notes and uh, this episodes and other episodes, but also the reports we did on the state of misinformation in Europe and the US and the comparison between them. We surveyed thousands of participants across the globe to better understand the impact that misinformation has on their lives and how they view those problems. There are incredible findings there in the reports that surprised us over here and will probably surprise you too. Furthermore, as I said, you'll find the other episodes, there's education and use cases, all for building a trusted web. It's all available there, of course, for free. TheTrustedWeb.org slash podcast. Thanks again for listening and therefore being part of the Trusted Web journey. And let's build the Trusted Web together. <laughs>